if she's a boss, okay, and she's running her life well with excellence, like she is cranking on all cylinders. She's loving Jesus. She's cultivating a godly relationship without you. She's got mentors. She's got a life board of advisors. Like things are, things are rocking. She might be in a position where she doesn't necessarily need a partner, but guess what? She wants one. What's up, fam? This is JJ with the Mini Manso Fridays. I love you guys. We're going to get into it today. Just in case you guys have not heard, we did switch to a Patreon model. That is our way of saying, hey, we need your help. And yes, you, yes, you, yes, you. I think and these asks, sometimes people, I'm like, and myself included, are like, uh, yeah, somebody else has got this onto the episode. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm talking to you. If you guys love hard dating if we've impacted you and you're looking for a way to give back maybe you just got a uh, a raise at work maybe you have some side money coming in now and you're looking for an extra way to tithe or give money hey i'm just gonna say hard dating great place to give okay hard dating that's gonna be patreon.com slash dating go ahead and check it out now september 18th y'all already know let's go we got H-O-D-C Nash on the way, baby. It's going to be lit December 29th and 30th, the two days before New Year's Eve. If you guys are looking to get out of the house, spend some of your holiday travel and money, listen, we're going to be in Nashville. And if you didn't know, Nashville on New Year's Eve is popping. So all the singles are going to be there. We're going to be celebrating together. We got an awesome conference coming your way with some great speakers. We got Jamal and Natasha Miller. We got Elise Murphy. We got a, a couple surprise names that we're going to release over the next couple months. We are going to be relaunching those tickets on September 18th for the early bird pricing. Let's go. And if you didn't know, last year we sold out two months before. I'm feeling good. I don't want to say I told you so in two months from now, but this will sell out, okay? In my DMs, I haven't done this segment in a while, but I love this segment. I got some great feedback from it, so I'm going to go ahead and shout out Ethan. He says, JJ, I could really use some advice. I like this girl. We're friends. We've been close all summer. She just got out of a relationship in May, so I've been very careful about pursuing her because I didn't want to freak her out. Wanted to make sure she's ready. However, dot, dot, dot. She just left again for college. And before she left, we had a moment where we opened up and talked about her feelings. The only thing is she still needs time to heal from her last relationship. She agreed to stay friends for the time being, and I'm willing to wait for her to heal. Okay? She's an amazing person. How can I pursue her long distance while still giving her the space she needs to heal? Well, first of all, I would just say up into that question and that last sentence... That was amazing. I loved what you did as far as giving her all the time and space that she needed to make decisions on her own, to not pressure her into dating you. And that's the same model I would stick to. It's not necessarily a pursuing her 
as a long distance girlfriend or option, you're just simply going to be, and this is my answer, be a great friend for her long distance. Like obviously you're gonna go maybe a little bit above and beyond for her in particular, but you are just friends still. I know that's hard when there's a romantic interest involved, but the top priority is not you getting in a relationship. The top priority is not you two working out. The top priority is what? Her healing period. Whether or not she can go into a relationship with you at the end of that shouldn't be your top focus. Because then if you think about it, who are you doing it for? You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for her. So my recommendation, be a great friend. She and her mental health, her emotional health, her spiritual health, that is your top priority. Obviously, you kind of have to keep those romantic feelings somewhat at bay. And you just want her to be as healthy and thriving as possible. And then on the other side of that, you guys can revisit whatever kind of romantic attraction you had to each other. In the time being, I would just say it's not really a romantic pursuit as much as it is a really, really, really awesome friend pursuit. And ironically, that's the best thing you could ever do to set yourself up for any kind of romantic interest afterwards. So great question, Ethan. Fellas, if you're listening to this, my DMs are open for you, okay? Just for you guys, they're always open. I love, love, love hearing the question that you guys have to ask. So today's episode is awesome. I love this one because I just feel like culturally, this could not be more real for the past, I'd say 10 to 15 years. We've just seen the cultural landscape change so rapidly and it, it was always changing. And what we'll go into a little bit is the history lesson about today and how we got to today because I think it's super important. But the reality is that the feminine landscape of the past 20 years has rapidly evolved, okay? It's almost ubiquitous. There's not really such thing as a man or a woman anymore. And I'm not just talking about what you identify, but it really is this kind of ubiquitous pot of gender roles, gender identification, and men and women. It's kind of like there's no real difference in some ways, especially from a secular point of view. Now, what's important about this is this really did kick off with the sexual revolution. I would say the sexual revolution, the invention of birth control, the pill, and number three, women's rights. Those are kind of like the trifecta of three things that happen all around one time, okay? And since the 1960s, we've seen the evolution of women's lives rapidly change. Now, a lot of this is awesome. It's really, really cool. I mean, they they, they finally had equal rights and equal pay for the first time ever. I mean, there was awesome, awesome wins for women that we should celebrate. It was really, really wonderful as far as fundamental human rights. And as Christians, who since the invention of Christianity have been the number one proponent of human rights, this is something we celebrate, right? It's always become as a huge challenge for women. There's a reason why a lot of y'all don't know this. The early church was a majority women. Why? Because the church, especially in the beginning, was the first organization in the history of the world to say women are more than just property. Women are more than just slaves. You can't just treat her however you want. You actually have a model and a demonstration to follow. So since the beginning, Christianity has actually been the biggest champion for women, which is super, super, super awesome. And I remember hearing guys talk about this 
previously when I was younger and maybe a little bit more closed minded and be like, that guy's so feminist. He's so pro women. I'm like, no, 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 this, this is Bible talk. Like this is super, super awesome that we get to champion the people who have had a marginalized life who were treated as slaves. And that's the model that Christianity has followed century after century after century. It is super, super awesome. Now that being said, this is my personal opinion. I, I just have always thought about this. And I think the biggest mistake we made in the 60s and 70s is we said this. And once you hear it, you'll, you'll never forget it. For women to be respected, they had to transform and turn into masculine men. The masculine definition of a life, of, of a career, of earning was more respected than any other feminine role of maybe the traditional housemaker, mother, caretaker, nurturing side. And to be respected, women had to take on masculine roles in that sense. Now, I think there is a great element to a woman being able to work and enter in the workforce. But if that is the only way that they can be respected, I think that's a huge problem, right? Because we've seen kind of this demolition of the female feminine nature, which actually requires a ton of strength and grace, which we'll talk about um, in order to be respected and admired. And so now, fast forward 50 years, we're in the midst of, I would just call it like a masculine epidemic. Like there is such a radical pursuit of the masculine, proactive, aggressive nature, there's no respect for any feminine, softness, graceness, nurturing nature. Like it very clearly for me feels like that's fine and all, but that's number two. Like as far as which one we're going to respect and glorify and admire, especially from a media and secular point of view. Now I would kick off this episode with a precursor that says at Heart of Dating, we love the idea of feminine and masculine energy. This is a big topic that we actually teach super hands-on in School of Dating, which we love. And lots of women I know, and we are personally big fans of our dear friend, Rachel Sherrill, who has the True Feminine podcast, where she goes fully in, in depth with feminine energy. I would just say we are huge fans. We love it. And we get a lot of people who maybe react a little, mm, I don't want to say judgmentally, but cynically when we talk about feminine and masculine energy, which is fine. I love a cynical guy. I love a guy who has questions. I find myself doing the same thing sometimes. So let me clarify really quick. This is not an episode on feminine and masculine nature, but it is the background. It is the foundation and it's super important. Now here's what it is not. Masculine versus feminine nature is not complementarianism or egalitarian Ism. Okay. We're not necessarily talking about gender roles and the gender construct and Genesis and the curse of Genesis and how Adam and men abuse authority and how Eve and women want to usurp and resist against authority and how specifically that should play out in a marriage today with a final decision and so forth and so forth. It's also not a postmodern yoga theory where we're manifesting with our crystals and we're talking about the masculine energy that we're going to partner with and we're going to open up our mind and soul to this feminine energy and we're going to grab them and we're going to manifest moving forward. No, this is not. Here's what it is. God created both male and female 
in his image. Amazing. Meaning everything as it pertains to your spirit, your physical build, your core tendencies, I really think your spiritual wiring, like what you were wired for. And what I would also say is your most natural instincts that are specific to your sex, okay? Your natural instincts that are specific to your sex. And that's like your masculine energy, your masculine capacity, your feminine capacity. And they're not exclusive. Men don't just have masculine nature. They also have a feminine nature as well. And women also have a feminine nature and they also have a masculine nature. They're not exclusive, meaning you as a healthy adult should have both a feminine and masculine nature. Now, if you think about this, which is really interesting, is God created both man and woman in his image, meaning he embodies both. Both a masculine and feminine nature are derived from God himself, which is amazing. And I think you totally see that throughout the Bible. You see a nurturing, caring, protective side of the Father God and how he treats the Israelites and how he calls and beckons them. And that's you also see a masculine nature where it's full of action, full of proaction, full of moving towards humankind. Even in their sin, even in their rebellion, God makes the first move. Second Corinthians 5, for while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent Christ while we were still sinners. Before we even responded to the gospel, he initiated. That's what we talk about as far as masculine nature. It is, think, initiation and lots of proactive energy versus masculine. We like to say it's a receiving nature. It's a soft nature. It's a pause nature. Uh, In the garden, you can look at Adam and say he rebelled against his masculine spirit when he, what, when Adam went for the fruit. He watched. He was passive. He was not walking in his proactive, action-oriented nature. He was passive. Again, that's one of the curses that still haunts us as men. Passivity. This is not that episode, though. I thought that was just a great background, though, for men versus women and this masculine versus feminine nature that we talk about frequently on Heart of Dating, which I have come to love. You know, just to clarify, men can be more naturally inclined to act to provide, to protect, but that does not mean that they cannot have an empathetic and nurturing nature and vice versa. Women can have more of a natural inclination to provide and nurture, but that does not mean they cannot have a protective, proactive providing nature as well. So here we are today, 50 years out of the sexual revolution, women's suffrage rights, and women, I feel like, culturally speaking, and this seeps into the church and how we behave as men and women, but I still feel like women are out here, they are trying to provide for themselves. They are investing their time and their effort into meaningful things of their life, like real estate, uh, living expenses, retirement, their debt. Maybe they're a single mother, their vision, maybe they're fostering women. They're out here, but I would call this, and what we talk about is they're still trying to prove something in order to be respected. They feel like them and their feminine nature is not good enough. And I feel like they still have a chip on their shoulder and that in order to be respective, I have to go fully man and then I might get the privilege and luxury and opportunity to walk in my feminine at night after five or six o'clock after work, after I've grinded all day long 
I may or may not get that luxury to walk in my feminine nature. And I think maybe for a lot of women, that desire or even ability to walk in the feminine is such a luxury and opportunity that has not been afforded, they don't even know what it is. They haven't been able to walk in that free-flowing, graceful, receiving state in years because they've just had to provide for themselves and work this whole entire time. And I have so much grace and empathy and respect for those situations. But the question that we have to ask today, and what is a little bit more of the episode, now that that is aside, is how do you know, especially as a man, and this is a man we have to ask this question sometimes when we encounter a woman who's so fiercely independent, who's so fiercely about doing things her way and her life and getting things done, that we ask this question, are they too independent? How do we know if this, you know, what could be an awesome, respectful, really great thing, this fierce independence that they champion their lives, they don't take no for an answer, they will work and grind to provide no matter the circumstance. There's a lot of core elements that are awesome that have grown into something that I think is maybe a bit too fierce, <laughs> right? Like I, my mind goes, I'm not talking about this amazing independent woman who's worked so hard for years and years and years. I'm talking about where that's grown into this idea of that big bad, it like fiercely independent woman who just simply doesn't need or want a man. And the reality is that are they too independent? Well, it depends. I would say like if they were so fiercely independent that they guard their independence and they don't want to rely on anybody for anything, including in a relationship, then yeah, I would say that that's too independent. I'm glad, like you can say it like this, I'm glad she's a go-getter. I'm, I'm proud that she's out there kicking butt, but this does not open space for a healthy relationship. And I get there might be trauma. I get there might be a background and story, but if you want to go out and have a relationship, you have to be open to creating space for that relationship. Because the reality is to, to find another partner and have a relationship, you have to go from the I and the independent to the we in the team, right? There's no I in team. And if you really want a great, thriving, healthy relationship, you have to graduate from that I and independent and you have to shift into this is a team. And the best relationships that you could ask for are awesome, awesome teams. They work and build off each other. They complement each other. And they do something that is really difficult sometimes. They depend and they rely on each other. And that is exactly what I'm saying today. It is a great thing to have dependence in a relationship. I think this has gotten so skewered. I think this has gotten so destroyed. I think this has gotten so taken advantage of in today. But the idea is that it is an awesome thing to have a relationship where you two can voice a need and depend on the other person to come through. And then once that starts happening, guess what? You have this magical thing called trust. And you have this other magical thing called reliability. And you can have both partners say, you know what? Maybe I'm not the best in this area. And maybe I'm having a bad day or a bad season. I need to rely on you 
at this moment. <laughs> and it's going to happen. That I can't think of a more awesome relationship where you can look over at your partner and say, you know what, like, I'm sorry, but today is just not it. Like, I'm operating at 20%. Could you pick up the slack for me today? I would just be so grateful. <laughs> sure, I would, I would love to level up today, come behind you and rally behind you. I'm sorry you're not feeling well. Let me go ahead and cook dinner. Let me go ahead and clean up for you. Let me go ahead and make sure that the floor is clean. I'll take care of it. No problem. See how amazing that is? Brené Brown has an amazing clip where she talks about this idea of 50-50. I'll save the language is bullcrap. And she basically says the expectation that both partners are going to be able to show up as 50-50 partners every single day is so unrealistic. And if that's unrealistic, the realistic thing is that you're going to have a day where you're operating on 10%. You're going to have a day where you're operating on 40%. You're going to have a day where you're operating on 70 But the reality is that you have to have an open line of communication where you can look at your partner and say, hey, I'm not doing too hot. And your other partner doesn't judge you. They don't say, oh, you always feel blah, blah, blah. Or they say, oh, that's your problem. I'm sorry. I'm feeling good. That's your little pile of poop. You got to take care of it. No, your partner says, thank you so much for sharing that with me. How can I help? How can I step up? How can I take something off your plate today? You see the difference? And that's a difference of not just two independent partners who run their life really well, who, you know, are like business partners and best friends and buddies. That's a team right there. And I actually think it's really, really healthy, especially in the dating and relationship process, to test that out, to test your teammate. Do you have a great teammate? Now, I love this. There is a difference between an independent woman and a woman who knows how to be independent plus open herself up to depending on other people for a need. There is a big difference. And I think, ironically, the woman who steps out of that independent mode, who offers up space for the other man or the partner to step up, I think that takes way more strength and vulnerability than Miss Independent who won't give anyone an opportunity to step up. Why? Because when you open yourself up like that, there is risk. Like I'm going to step back and rely on this person to step up. That, that opens me up to be disappointed. That opens me up to be sad. It's not very fun. It's not very awesome if they let me down. But guess what? I'm willing to give this person a chance because not only are they worth it, but this is a great, healthy dynamic that I'm going to have to practice in any relationship. So I might as well try, right? Because if you think about it, the woman who's constantly taking up pride and acting out of fear, right, of letting go of the control. There's no room for a man to step up. There's no room for him to be the man that he was created to be, that he desires to be. I think that fierce independence and control, you might as well take a bucket of ice water and just dump it over the coals and fire of his life. Like you becoming that independent person very quickly grows into you becoming his mom, not his partner. 
and that is the that is a worst nightmare scenario for both parties. Now, I will say, closing remarks. I gotta say this, okay? I gotta clarify here. If she's a boss, okay, and she's running her life well with excellence, like she is cranking on all cylinders. She's loving Jesus. She's cultivating a godly relationship without you. She's got mentors. She's got a life board of advisors. Like things are things are rocking. She might be in a position where she doesn't necessarily need a partner, but guess what? She wants one. And guess what? Strong women are going to want a strong man. <laughs> and if this woman is giving you an opportunity to rise up and it's opportunity after opportunity to level up and to step up, she's not relaxing on her expectations of you. That's a great thing. Because guess what, buddy? You got to find a way to level up. She's looking for an equal partnership. She ain't looking to adopt you, okay? She's looking for you to level up and become a man that she can say, I want to partner with him. I can respect that. I can partner with this. I can work with that. That is someone who I would love to call my teammate. And she wants to be met. She wants to be challenged spiritually, emotionally, professionally. She wants to have that person who can challenge her and equally yokeness. And then I'll be honest, the dream scenario for women, if you guys want to take notes, she wants to be able to relax knowing you're going to do what you said you're going to do. That is the ultimate cheat code. Like we talk about providing, we talk about a healthy relationship, we talk about if you want an excellent relationship, let her be able to relax because she knows and can trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And that way, you two moving forward can rely on each other. You guys can express needs. You guys can step up when you need the other person and you can build a great team. I'm a football guy. Nothing gets me more amped up and excited than when my teammate looked over at me, maybe he missed his assignment, and I saw another teammate say, you know what? Not only am I not going to get mad at you, but I'm going to step in and I'm going to help you out. I'm going to chip in extra and we're going to make this work because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about the team marching forward. It's about the team advancing forward. And that's a great team. So let's go right in time for football season. We got kickoff next week. Tighten up. Roll tide. I love you guys and have a great day. Let's go. Let's go.